Hey, yo, before we get started, we wanted to let you guys know that we are nearing the end of season two. I just want to apologize right off the bat for the um, confusion that you probably had when you pressed play. You know what? I'm trying to not be so bland and stale. Like, <laughs> hey, guys, what's up? Before we get started, because I did that in season one, and I'm <laughs> like, wow, I'm grown. Okay, I'll do it, too. We'll be releasing season three after that, but just like the last season will also be released. I cannot do that. See, I know. It it's sounds so fake. absolutely obnoxious. Yeah, it sounds not real. It sounds like you're yeah. reading a script, yeah. which we are, but we yeah. don't want to sound like that. Because yeah, we're all so cool. So like, Thank hey, you. guys, we'll be releasing bonus episodes in between. So y'all can have more Avatar content to listen to. I said that's super cool, super chill. Once again, we will be doing an Ask Us Anything episode. So please send us any questions you might have about the show or about us. Our email is airbenderpod at gmail.com. That's A-I-R Bender, P-O-D, at gmail.com. Yeah, like if you want to ask about Tyler's therapy. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. That's way personal, and it's none of your freaking business. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> Actually, though, ask us questions. Um, you could also send us questions on Twitter or Instagram. You can find us there, both at AirbenderPod. Again, that's A-I-R-B-E-N-D-E-R-P-O-D. Send us any questions that you have. Um, we've already talked about season one, so you can send us some more questions about that and we'll cover it, especially because Serena wasn't a host during season one. You can hey. ask her about her season one opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, obviously, we'll be taking more questions about season two. Since we are a spoiler-free show, we won't be answering questions about anything that happens in the third and final season. I'm sorry. Uh. <laughs> but everything else is fair game, including questions about us personally. No, we honestly look forward to hearing from you. Anyway, on with the show. Hey, Tyler. Yeah, Serena? (gasps) We're almost done with season two. (laughs) Tyler, that also means we're closer to the end of the series. However, that also means it opens more opportunities for other podcasting opportunities. Oh, well, you know. <laughs> Y'all get that wank, wank, nudge, nudge a little bit. Yeah, rec- send us some stuff you want us to do. Yeah, or somebody hire us, please. Because <laughs> I'm Serena Schreifels. And I'm Tyler Stramberg. And you're listening to the Avatar Podcast. Yep, yep. On this podcast, we watch the Nickelodeon show Avatar The Last Airbender and analyze the plot, themes, and characters. As you know, at the end of the episode, we'll talk about who our favorite character was, as well as give the show a rating on a scale of 1 to 10. You're listening to The Avatar Podcast. Yep, yep. Today we'll be talking about the 18th episode of Book 2, titled The Earth King. Serena, do you want to know what's going on? Um, very much. Okay, let me Very much. No, I want to know now. I need you to tell me now. Tyler, please. (laughs) The group breaks into the Earth King's palace to inform him of the Hundred Year War, which the Dai Li has kept secret. They eventually convince the Earth King by showing him the destroyed Fire Nation drill, and Long Fang is arrested for treason. Meanwhile, Zuko succumbs to an illness, which Iroh calls a metamorphosis, caused by the former's conflicting destiny, and the prince is haunted by nightmares. After Team Avatar decides to temporarily split up and go on their separate journeys, Azula and her friends, now disguised as the Kyoshi Warriors, successfully infiltrate the city. This episode premiered on Nickelodeon on November 17th, 2006, and was written by John O'Brien. That man. 
Our right. guy, John O'Brien. Mm-hmm. I don't like the use of our guy. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to put words in your mouth. You know, Serena, I have some things that you should maybe know and the listeners <gasps> would maybe enjoy knowing. What? Don't um, keep them from me, Tyler. So the Palace of the Earth King is inspired by the Forbidden City in Beijing, no China. No way. Yeah. That's really cool. Right? I've always wanted to go to China. It sounds Me like too. it sounds like such a cool place. Really want to see the Great Wall. I really want to see like those really cool mountains. I don't know what they're called, but I know like the floating mountains in Avatar, the blue people avatar, are based <laughs> off of them. Um the I wanna see other the, avatar. I want to see the Forbidden City. Yes, um just yes. there's so many cool things in China. Uh, the world is so big and so beautiful, and I just want to see all of it I right know. now. Oh, I have another thing to know for you. Sokka's line about surface-to-air rocks is a pun on real-world surface-to-air missiles. Because employing these projectile missiles means the palace would be prepared for an attack by the Fire Nation. Serena, (laughs) surface-to-air missiles are called SAMs. So does that mean that these are called SARS? SARS? Like coronavirus? Coronavirus! So, uh... More $30 facts, please. (laughs) Okay. Um, I'm not sure how many of these are $30 facts. This one isn't. Um, The way Sokka opens various doors in the palace, looking for the Earth King, and finds a woman in a dressing room is similar to how Aang opened various doors in Zuko's ship while searching for his glider and found a sleeping Iroh in the second episode, The Avatar Returns. I was confused when um, Sokka was opening all of those doors and then the woman was there. What did she say? Was she just like... Burglar. Oh, yeah. Burglar. Is that what comes to your mind? Like when yeah, she thinks someone is going to rob her. Oh, I would just be like, hey. <laughs> I, I was, really, if I saw a wolf tail looking at me like that. If you saw a 16 year old come into your room, <laughs> Serena, is that really, Serena? Is, just, do you want to incriminate yourself like that? Uh, no, thank you. That's what I thought. <laughs> um, this, oh, this is a $30 This is a $30 fact, fact. Yeah. yes. And you get the chance to oh read my it. God, shut up. I'm so honored. The creators chose to assign Azula's voice to the blue dragon to match her blue-colored firebending. Oh, my God. The dots. The dots. Mm-hmm. They're connected. Oh they're all, God. they're making the picture. They're making the big grand picture, and it's of Aang's face. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> it's Avatar. And speaking of Aang. <gasps> After Aang receives his letter from Guru Patik, Saka inquires what a guru is, rhetorically asking some kind of poisonous blowfish. This is a reference to the similarly sounding fugu, a Japanese delicacy which claims several lives each year due to inadequate preparation. Is that like the cuttlefish thing? I or don't like the know. blowfish? Yeah. Like where so they like, do the. That's a special, it's a Japanese food that mm-hmm. has to be prepared in a certain way so it's mm-hmm. not poisonous anymore, but often, you know, inadequate preparation will lead to death. Yeah, well, I'm not a fan of that. But you know what I am a fan of? <laughs> what? <laughs> the headdress that Azula wore along with her Kiyoshi warrior disguise, which actually belonged to Suki herself. I mean, she stole it. It makes sense that Azula, the leader of Team Azula, would take the leader of the Kiyoshi warriors well, outfit. Well, yeah, but she freaking stole it. I know, but, like, she's evil. Fine. Let's um. So there's not many themes in this episode, Serena. So let's just let's just do a plot overview. I love plot. And why don't we buckle on up because this is gonna be a fun one. All right, guys, so, fans, get ready. Let's. All right, ready, set. Here we go. <laughs> that was so cute. 
<laughs> the episode starts with the group banking on their good luck that they've recently had, to which Toph immediately makes a joke about Long Fang brainwashing people, even though, you know, they just witnessed their friend get killed by Long Fang because he was brainwashed. But yeah, great time to make a joke about it. Very tasteful. I partially blame Toph, but I mostly blame John O'Brien for this. I can't blame our guy for this. Toph would say something like that. No. I'm just saying. I'm just throwing that out Oh yeah, there. so you're saying that Toph would make a very tasteless a, joke about death. And they decide to go see the Earth King, yada yada, moving on. Breaking into the palace, if they have to, which they have to, and obviously, fight takes place, which like, <laughs> hey, we got a badass fight in the last episode, and now we get another one. We don't deserve it, but we do. I know. I love it. I love it so much. In the middle of the fight, though, they cut to Zuko and Iroh's apartment where Zuko collapses slash faints. But then we cut back to the fight that Gaang manages to easily defeat the Earth King's guard, and they finally reach him to find Long Fang has already beat them there. There's a long back and forth in which Long Fang tries to discredit them. Long Fang claims they're there to overthrow the Earth King. To which the Earth King is like, huh, yeah, probably they have weapons. And the Gaang is like, no! But then the Earth King is like, prove it, tee And then Gaang is like, and then the gang drops their weapons. Okay, but then, but then, Long Fang arrests them. And he's like, escort the Avatar out of here. And the Earth King is like, huh, hold up, the Avatar? Huh? And Long Fang is like, the enemies of the state. Okay, but then Bosco is like, <laughs> and the Earth King is like, mm, wow. Oh my god, isn't it Aang? It's like, the secret war! And Long Fang is like, liar! And Aang is like, I will prove! There is a secret war because my Sky Bison bit Long Fang and they will prove it. And Long Fang is like, Sky Bison are extinct. However, since he's trying to convince the Earth King that there is no war, the Airbender should still be alive and Sky Bison should not be extinct. And then the Earth King's like, I don't know. And then Long Fang is like, these people are communists and if you believe them, you are also a Secret Russian spy. And then the Earth King is like, yeah, no. And, and Aang makes Long Fang strip. And as the Gaga song states, show me your teeth. Yeah, and, 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 and then the Earth King is like, okay, yeah, now I'll listen. Back at the apartment, Zuko is sweating and looking all sexy and sickly, but like in a hot way. But then back to the Earth King, he's riding public transport, which all representatives should do. If you do force your people to use the system, you should have to experience it as well. I agree with that. And the Earth King is like, I've never left the palace because he's a rich baby. Eat the rich. Stream Parasite on Hulu. So the idea is that the Earth King's parents, the previous Earth King, died, and the current Earth King was made king at age four. Because he was so young, obviously Long Fang, who served the previous king, was appointed as his advisor and then took control. Also, because the new king was so young, he never knew about the war to begin with. And, like, we don't exactly know where this information comes from or if it's confirmed, but, like, hey, it's obviously, like, if you put two and two together, it's what we got. <laughs> so they take him to Lake Guy, and it's gone. Fun fact, the shoreline has actually receded, implying that they destroyed the headquarters, and it's now flooded. <laughs> Interesting, right? But they convince him to go to the outer wall to see the drill. Remember the drill? Back at the apartment, Zuko has a weird dream. We'll talk about that later. Back at the wall, the Earth King sees the drill and arrests Long Fang for treason. The gang... Tells the king about the upcoming eclipse and plans to begin for an invasion. They find out Long Fang has secret files on everyone in Ba Sing Se, which has more 1984 references. Aang has a letter from the guru promising to help him control the Avatar state. Remember that's a thing that's been like reoccurring and like kind of central to mm. this entire season? Oh, yeah, yeah. But Doff also has a letter from her parents asking to see her. Sokka and Katara's dad is patrolling Chameleon Bay so they can go see him. And then back at the apartment, Iroh is like, you did one good thing. No, you're dying. Sugar <laughs> man. We'll talk about that later. The gang decide to split up, each going their respective invites. Only difference is Sokka is going to go see his daddy, uh, and Katara is staying to do military planning. Oh, and as they leave, they find out the Kyoshi warriors are in the city. 
Back at the apartment, Zuko has more weird dreams. We'll talk about that later. They left. Sokka's like, hey, hey, things are going great. But Soikotoff's parents are just Shinfu and Master Yu trying to capture her. And then the Kiyoshi warriors are just Team Izuma in disguise. And the Fire Nation is embossing Sai. And that's it. That was so anxiety-inducing. Ooh, did you know my hands are sweating? Jesus. <laughs> Let's dive into Zuko now. Now we're Please in character. Please and thank you, Zuko. Our baby, a baby. He's just a baby. baby. All right, Zuko, get ready. Iroh claims that Zuko is going through a quote-unquote metamorphosis this episode because of the recent good deed that he just did. So, like, this is often made fun of in the fandom. Like, Oh, Zuko did one good thing, and then he's just, like, knocked out for a week. But um, oftentimes, when we go through major life changes, our brain can't fully comprehend why we did something or what just happened, and it can send us into a spiral for a few days. Yeah, I can attest, because this includes depression, stress, anxiety, all of which I have, and all of which (laughs) weaken the immune system, making us more susceptible to illness. Coronavirus! Nightmares can often be experienced during periods of extreme stress as well. Ooh, yes. Let's talk about that first nightmare. Let's talk okay. about it. Nightmare one. Zuko is sitting in the Fire Lord's throne room with no scar. Two dragons surround him, a blue one with the same voice as Azula, convincing him to go to sleep, and then a red one with the same voice as Iroh, convincing him to escape. Zuko does not escape in time. The throne room crumbles around Zuko until he's surrounded in the darkness. The blue dragon appears and compares Zuko to his mother. Sleep. Just like mother. Zuko! Help me! The blue dragon, voiced by Azula, is supposed to represent everything Zuko has wanted from his life. His family, his honor, even the role of Fire Lord. The blue dragon, she's convincing Zuko to sleep in an attempt to accept his complicitness, to stay where he is, and to take no further action. Sleep is also represented as a way for his family to subdue his wants and desires. By sleeping, it is easy to take over and steal from, meaning he will never achieve what he truly wants. And then again, the red dragon, voiced as Iroh, is representative of the work that Zuko has done to change who he is. Iroh has been the one to encourage him to seriously consider what Zuko wants out of life, beyond just the idea his father and his family have set up for him, and what he feels he will ultimately never achieve. The Red Dragon is trying to convince Zuko to get out, implying that Zuko should turn away from his family before they can trick him again. As Zuko claims he is tired, sleep is also used as a symbol Mm -hmm. of giving in. By sleeping, Zuko will give up the work he's done to become a better person, and he will succumb to his old habits and unhealthy behaviors. As we stated before, this is contrasted with the red dragon's request to abandon the temptation given to him by the blue dragon. I also just want to say, like, I definitely, when I'm in, like, a depressive state— Sleep is, like, that's where I go. Mm -hmm. Like, and then if I just sleep it all off, I will revert to those old habits and behaviors. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. Maybe watching this nightmare, I was just like, I've been here. It felt really real (laughs) to me. It was, like, kind of terrifying. Yeah, yeah. And especially because Zuko takes so long to decide, his surroundings crumble around him, implying that it's already too late for him. Is it already too late for us all? 
The blue dragon appears and makes her comparison to Zuko's mother. This implies it was already too late for her as well. In Zuko alone, we don't know what happened to her, but we can mm-hmm. assume that when she decided to speak up, it was too late and she was gotten rid of. Oh, heart bend me, why don't you? All around, forever. Because <laughs> it also draws the connections to Zuko and his mother. His mother was obviously shown as a kind, loving, and understanding person, which we've seen glimpses of in Zuko already throughout the season. This draws the connection that Zuko is most similar to his mother and not his father in Azula, implying Zuko's true nature is a good one, not evil. Like, are you more like your mom or are you more like your dad? (laughs) You know, let's not dig into that right now. Let's dig into the second nightmare that Zuko has instead. Yes. Um, Zuko seems to wake up in his apartment and goes to wash off. As he looks up from the sink into his mirror, he sees his face, sans scar, he is bald with air nomad tattoos. This really freaked me out. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of scary. Yeah, and obviously Zuko probably doesn't know the cultural significance of air nomad tattoos, and he closely assimilates the last airbender, quote-unquote, with the Avatar. So this is most likely supposed to depict Zuko seeing himself as the Avatar, or like in Aang's place. It also draws further comparisons to Aang and Zuko in a much more obvious sense. Mm -hmm. This places Zuko and Aang on a similar ground, almost equating the two. Yes, so Zuko sees himself facing similar responsibilities to Aang, implying that Zuko himself is also carrying a heavy weight of responsibility, and his fate will determine the outcome of the world as well, just like Aang's. The show has constantly made connections that their destinies are intertwined with each other. This nightmare Zuko has can lead the viewer to believe that their destinies are about to connect or cross soon. Very soon. Mm, Foreshadowing, maybe. Okay, so Tyler, I want to know with... Again, being that 18 was another plot-heavy episode mm-hmm. and very Zuko-centric, if I might say. I kind of agree it with that. It was kind of, yeah. yeah. Who is your favorite character? My favorite character was Zuko. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't be sorry! <laughs> I just, there's so much going on I with know. him. I love seeing that turmoil. As you can see, I clearly enjoy digging into the complexities of his nightmares. I mean, I think there's a lot going on in these nightmares, like... As a kid, it's so weird to comprehend, but as an adult, I'm like, ooh, wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we don't have enough time to unpack all of that. Uh-huh. Tyler, um, I feel like you were kind of like Zuko's therapist just now. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm like, mm, Zuko, so tell me about your childhood and what you wanted from it. <laughs> what do you want now? Who are you? Who are you? <laughs> and what do you want? <laughs> no, I love Zuko. Mm-hmm. I feel like I don't need to expand on that. Serena, who was your favorite character? In this episode, my favorite character is actually Sokka. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, if, for the most part, so actually, Zuko was a very close, like, runner-up, if only because I am such a sucker for, like, you know, in anime, the there's, a, like, in those slice-of-life romantic comedy anime, there's always that trope where the main character or, like, the love interest gets sick and then they take mm-hmm. care of him, but here... With Zuko, it's obviously there's so much more depth to it, mm-hmm. you know, and seeing Zuko vulnerable, I think, opens up a whole nother aspect, obviously, like we just talked about. Mm-hmm. So he's an honorable mention for me. But Sokka came up to first place because um, as somebody who, and I guess this is not like, like, I'm, I'm very open about this. I deal with a lot of personal mental illnesses and um, diagnoses, mm-hmm. just to use the medical term for him. Mm-hmm. 
I am always drawn to optimism, Mm -hmm. um, if for the fact that I feel like it's something that I can grab onto and anchor myself with. Mm -hmm. And Sokka's blind optimism Mm -hmm. in this episode is so contagious. Mm -hmm. Tonight when we 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 record a couple things tonight and I came in here and I was just like, yeah, sorry, it's just like we can do it. Everything's gonna go great from now on and forever. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, yeah, I feel like yeah, it's going to go great from here on now and forever. I really relate to Sokka in that sense. But then also there's a part of me that's just like, oh, that's very dark. We don't want to go over there. So I really gravitate towards that a lot. And I think that's what makes Sokka, you know, such a... Obviously, he's a bright light. Obviously, you know, he's very comedic and he's a sense of relief for the rest of the show, even though it is a kid's show. Um, And I just, oh, God, what did he say? Um... We dropped your weapons. Where your allies? When he says when he says that this episode, he's such a he's got such faith in other people, mm-hmm. right there. And and albeit yeah, no, they're kids, and this is a kids show. But also, I can relate to that in a as well in the sense that like I also put a lot of trust in other people, mm-hmm. only to be like huh, whoopsies. Yeah. But I guess maybe I'm just thinking about it in the end. Um, when he's like, it's gonna be great forever and ever, and mm-hmm. I don't know. I I I really. Maybe kind of cling to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can vibe with that. Oh, my God. I do like Sokka. I like Sokka a lot. I mean, obviously. I always <laughs> like Sokka. <laughs> so now that we've got the characters established, mm-hmm. shall we verticize? That's probably not a word. You know, I'll take it. Yeah, I like let's it. do it. That's, that's let's unique. do it. Um, my verdict is I give this episode an eight. Um, so... I really liked this episode. Um, it reminded me a lot of Return to Omashu. Um, there's a lot going on. There's just not much to it. Um, I think there's a few interesting things, like the like Lao Gai headquarters being gone, but otherwise it's kind of just plot. I also really, really, really like that fight sequence, though, in the beginning. That's so amazing. Like, mm-hmm. especially since we just got a really cool fight sequence at the end of the last episode, the beginning of this one, I'm like... We don't deserve this. There's so much going on. Um, and I like the idea of trying to combat corruption, like with the Earth King and the Dai Li and all of that. But it's just, it's a theme that's not, it's not explored very much in depth. I it's, agree. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot of, a lot, a lot of plot going on, which is fine. It's, it's needed and it's very entertaining. It's just, there's nothing really more to it. It's, it's a, it's a really good episode. It's, I mean, it, it's great. It's great. Like mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. I would recommend it to people. Just not really, there's nothing really to it that makes it kick it up. You know what I mean? Serena, what did you give this? I think I know what you gave it based off the look that you gave me. I gave you that look, and I think you interpreted it completely wrong. Oh, okay. What do you think I gave it? No, just tell me what you gave it, and then I'll tell you if I was right or wrong. I gave it an 8. Oh, yeah, I did interpret it wrong. I thought you were going to give it a 10. No, Because remember we said, like, my 8 is, like, your 10? Okay. Mm -hmm. No, because... God, it's it's just like so rare for us to um, rate Agreed. episodes yeah. the same. The same. So like when it happens, I'm always like, ah, wait, wait, hold on, wait. <laughs> like we have the same thought processing. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I love this episode a lot. But see, because Tyler, I'm selfish. I wanted like Zuko's whole dream episodes to be a, a completely separate episode. Yeah, that's what I wanted. I really wanted them to dig into that because they're so much there there's so much there as far as like mental health goes Mm -hmm. as far as like finding out who you are Mm -hmm. like 
I, and especially because it is a kids show, I think it's really important to showcase that, to show that, you know, everybody goes through that kind of turmoil at some point in their life, um, if not more than once. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, but man, that fight scene at the beginning. I know. You guys know I am a sucker for fight scenes and plots and, oh, man. Uh, especially, I just, I love it when, um, like, Aang works together with Katara or Toph. Mm-hmm. Like I love seeing them combine their powers like that. It's just yes. it's just amazing. Yes. And I also just love it. I can't remember who says it when they're running up, but it's like, We're not, we're sorry. We're on your side. That's Sokka. They're like <laughs> yeah. they're both earthbending like the thing up like the <laughs> stairs that they just collapsed. And he's like, Seriously, we're on your guy's side. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. Like, I also love Katara where she's like, Sorry, we're just trying to make it to the Earth King. <laughs> and she's like knocking people out. <laughs> I love it. It's just like, I just like, I also love um, how sometimes it's like very, to use the word benign, like, mm-hmm. oh, they just like, oh, fall into the river. But then like Toph will be like, it's just like flat punch rock them across oh the room. God. I'm sorry. The part where Toph just completely like glides all of those steps. Oh my God. God, it's so badass. It's really cool. And because you can see her, you can see in her mind that she's going to do something crazy. Yeah. Like she looks at it and she's like, okay, and like, I got this. There's even that moment where she's standing there like trying to get control over all of the rocks and like people start like firing down at her and you see things like landing next to her and she keeps her composure until mm-hmm. she can finally like deliver the oh, final blow and just collapses it's all the so steps. Good. It's so cool. It's so Oh, so, I so love good. that fight sequence. Uh, and I just love it. I just love it when they all work together like that and they mm-hmm. all fight together. Um it, it it really is so satisfying. Mm-hmm. Oh. There's a moment where Katara like glides over the river and like as she does so she like pulls more water out of it and she uses it to like yeah. knock out the people behind her and it's such a cool caption like the cinematography just in that Mm. one specific moment is like breathtaking it's oh oh god i just the the fight sequences in this series have just gotten progressively better and like Mm. especially in lake laogai and this episode they have just been also another thing that just Grinds my gears is the Earth King himself. Yeah, he's a little dweeby. I was gonna say dweeb. Uh, he is a dweeb. Yeah. Also, but you know, okay, or put yourself in his shoes. Mm-hmm. So you've been Earth King since you were four or whatever. This is all mm-hmm. you've ever known. You've never left the palace. Never leave the palace. I'm sorry, my yeah, privileged like, ass. Jesus, <laughs> I was like, so pissed me. off about that. Yeah. Also, like stream parasite. Yes. Oh my god, it's so good. Um, but think about, like, this is the only life you've ever known. Obviously, Long Feng is, like, your most trusted advisor. You've put in so much blind faith to him. And then here are these children, one of them being the Avatar. And mm-hmm. obviously, we don't know what the Earth King's education looked like growing up. But the Avatar apparently had, sig- had significance to that. Um, mm-hmm. how, how, would you, how would you react? I don't know. I mean, like... I think you should take the side of the Avatar. Be uh, like, yeah. I'm at least going to hear you out. If Long Feng is really like these are assailants, can he like he could be like, can you prove you're the Avatar? You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. he doesn't think that airbending is extinct. So just ask him to bend different elements. Like, can you bend, you know, air and then water or something? Yeah, you know, just like dude, just like you don't have to bend like, all four. It, if you bend two, that's enough. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're the Avatar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No one <laughs> so- can bend. <laughs> 
literally everyone else can only bend one element. So you don't even have to bend four. Just two is enough to prove it. Yeah, they just like move that move that pillar over there, and then like yeah, I don't know, just some like cool throw a here, rock so. at this. Yeah, throw a rock, bro. Long thing, dude. <laughs> no, throw a rock right at his face, man. <laughs> Shook some rocks at me. Shook some rocks, bro! And that's all we have for this episode. A huge thank you goes out to producer and audio engineer Aaron Bogan, along with her production company, Sound Event Productions, and Annie Galloway, who made our cover art and is our graphic designer. Make sure you join us next week. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It helps more people find us. Don't forget to tell a friend about the show or share the show if you like it. Please feel free to reach out to us. Our email is airbenderpod at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram, both at airbenderpod. That's A-I-R bender P-O-D. Check out our Patreon. Starting at $1 a month, you can get early access to episodes as well as behind-the-scenes content and bonus episodes. You can find us there by searching the Avatar Podcast Yip Yip or by using the link in the description of this episode. Thanks for tuning in, guys. I'm Serena Schreifels, the co-host of this show. You can follow me on Instagram at Serena underscore Schreifels. That's S-E-R-E-N-A underscore S-C-H-R-E-I-F-E-L-S. I'm Tyler Strandberg, the host, creator, and head writer of the show. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram, both at TylerJohn7. That's T-Y-L-E-R-J-O-N and the number seven. We'll see you next week forever and ever and ever. Goodbye.